Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. We're so glad that you've joined us for this study of the Word of God today, taking a subject, picking up the Bible, asking the Holy Spirit to guide us into the great truths that are there within for us to discover today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We pray this will be a blessing to you and pray that as we gather around the Word of God that we will glean from it that that God wants us to know, particularly this generation that is living in the last of the last days. I say that because the last days can can cover such a large portion of time. Uh, but the last of the last days narrows it down. And I believe that we are coming down to the end of the age. I believe the, 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 the time of the coming of Christ is very, very nigh. And we want to live a victorious life as a testimony to the faithfulness of our God and our soon coming King. So we're talking this, this week in this Bible study, uh, trusting God in troubled times. Out of Psalm 107, and Psalm 107, just read all of it to get the, the, the context for all the different texts from that psalm uh, that we're going to be bringing forward today. Amen. I want to begin by saying something that Jameson Fawcett Brown said about Psalm 107. He said, this is, a, is an instructive celebration of God's praise for His merciful providence to all men in their various emergencies. Hallelujah. I want to pray right now. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this listening audience today, anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world that is hearing this particular uh, Bible study today from the Word of God. I thank you for hearts that are hungry to know what the Bible teaches and how it, how it affects us in the present tense. Thank God for the lessons learned for, from, from posterity past. And thank you, Lord, for the legacy we have and the testimonies we have. But thank you for the right now, right here in this moment, God, that is with us in this time that we are living in our generation in the 21st century. We pray today we will find the keys of wisdom, knowledge, understanding that we might use them and utilize them in our life to obtain the victory that you have provided to be the witness that you want us to be. Who has a God indeed like our God? Amen and amen. Trusting God in troubled times. Psalm 107 is the story of man's folly and God's faithfulness. It is the story of man's rebellion and God's redemptive love. It's a story of man's helplessness and God's deliverance. It is a story of hope for all hurting people. And above all, it's a story of God's unfailing love. And there's a reoccurring theme in Psalm 107, and it is that we would give thanks unto the Lord for His mercy, really thanking Him for His unfailing love. 
For in his unfailing love, he delivers the lost. He saves the lost who will call upon him. These hurting people are helpless and wandering, according to verse 4 through 9. I'm going to read that today of Psalm 107. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. And He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, here it is. Oh, that men would praise God for His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Hallelujah. You see, friend, the psalm tells of four different types of persons, all of whom are hurting. The first category of these people who give testimony here, beginning in verse 4, are those who are wandering in a wilderness, in a desert region. They're looking for a city of habitation, or we might translate this more literally, they're looking for a place to sit. They are looking for a guarded place. One of the words that is translated thirsty here could also be translated frantic. These are frantic people searching for something to put their trust in, searching for something to hold on to. Do we not have people like that today, people who are wandering from one thing to another? Perhaps something that is sinful that they're holding on to, but perhaps not. Perhaps they are looking for fulfillment in careers. They're looking for fulfillment in a perfect marriage. They're looking for fulfillment in a perfect relationship with others. And they can't find it. They're looking again and again. They are frantic. They are restless. And this is the first category of hurting people. Remember the Rolling Stone hit from, the, I, I suppose, the 60s or early 70s? I can't get no satisfaction. And the more contemporary hit by U2, the pop group U2, I, I, have, I have looked high, low, here, there. I've been everywhere. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. In the book of Daniel, 12 and verse 4, just before ending the book, after all the revelations giving Daniel, it said, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Many shall run to and fro. You can see this seeking of fulfillment in this and that and another and another, never finding what they are looking for. Isaiah fifty-seven twenty says it very clearly, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace. See, there's no place to sit and be satisfied. There is no peace, saith my God, unto 
the wicked. I'm going to read a quote from Rolling Stone magazine many, many years ago. Well, not too many years ago. And during the interview, uh, Brad Pitt was asked some questions by the interviewer. And I'm going to quote this from the Internet uh, 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 that really chronicled this, this portion of this interview from the Rolling Stone magazine. And here's what, uh, here's what it, it said. Brad Pitt reflected on his role as a person talking about the American dream. And here's what Pitt said. I know all these things are supposed to seem important to us. The car, the condo, our version of success. But if that's the case, why is the general feeling out there reflecting more impotence and isolation and desperation and loneliness? If you ask me, I say toss all this. We gotta find something else. Because all I know is, at this point in time, we are headed for a dead end, a numbing of the soul, a complete atrophy of the spiritual being, and I don't want that. The interviewer went on and asked, so if we're heading toward this kind of existential dead end in society, what do you think should happen? And Pitt answered, and I'm quoting again, hey man, I don't have those answers yet. The emphasis is now on success and personal gain. I'm sitting in it, and I'm telling you, that's not it. I'm the guy who's got everything. I know, but I'm telling you, once you've got everything, then you're just left with yourself. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. It doesn't help you sleep any better, and you don't wake up any better because of it. You see, friend, the idols of this world and that Satan has created and has left a spiritual vacuum and the occult and new agers are running to and fro to try to fill that vacuum. And friend of mine, I'm going to tell you there is a vacuum, but it is, as Billy Graham put it, a God-shaped vacuum within every person on this planet. That's the, the bad news is that there's a vacuum that nothing in the world, literally, or no person in the world and no thing in the world can fulfill. But God can and He will with Himself by His Spirit <laughs> through the gift of grace that His Son has provided for you and for me. Remember the story at Jacob's well in John's Gospel, chapter 4? A woman, Syrophoenician woman, comes to draw water, and she notices a man looking at her, and, uh, and he's not looking at her like she was looked at by everyone else. This man looked at her with eyes of compassion, with eyes of love. And she had never seen that, particularly in someone that she considered to be a holy man. And he said, woman, give me to drink as she drew water. And she began to draw water from the well to give him a drink. She was shocked that he would even speak to her. And he said, woman, if you knew who it was, that said unto you, Give me to drink, and the gift of God, you would ask of me, and I would give you living water, 
and you would never thirst again. You'll keep coming back, he, he, he told her, to this well, literally, uh, because the thirst will never be quenched enough that you will not always come back for more. Then he told her what she had been doing to try to satisfy, to fill this vacuum, this thirst that could not be quenched by anyone and anything in the world. Said you've had, uh, you've had four um, relationships, uh, and and now you're into your fifth, and you're not even married to him because you don't trust that any relationship is going to work because all have failed so far. You still haven't found what you're looking for. But if you knew the gift of God and he that said unto you, give me to drink, you would ask of me and I'd give you that living water. I can satisfy the deepest longings of your soul and save that soul and seal you for heaven. Amen. You see, this is the great gift of God in Jesus Christ that is offered to the hungry and the thirsty, the people running to and fro like never before, seeking fulfillment, looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh, friend of mine, this category of people are ripe for reaping for the kingdom of God because they're already seeking and the devil is offering every kind of counterfeit that there is to try to satisfy that longing in every human being. What a day to to offer the gift of God to them, to tell them what God can and will do if they will repent of their sins and receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Listen, if you're hearing this broadcast and you haven't accepted Christ, I'm not asking you whether you attend church, whether you were raised this or that religion. I'm asking you, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Has He been able to communicate to you that living water that satisfies the deepest longings of your soul? Have you found that place that you can say, I am so satisfied, for I have Christ, and through Him I have everything that I need to be fulfilled in life and be be absolutely convinced that when I draw my last breath here, I will draw my next breath in heaven, and I will live with him forever. Hallelujah. There's no, what an opportunity. You see, the hunger is here. The thirst is here. And when we get it right as Christians, where we become the salt and light that God has called us to be, uh, we better be ready to be instant in season, as the scriptures teach, out of season, ready to give an account to all men for the reason of the hope that is in us. For they will ask to them that ask. You see, Jesus began to talk about something that caused this woman to ask him for the living water. And he began initially not to talk about heaven, or hell, those, those, although those are the supreme issues. But um, her immediate need was addressed, and the immediate need was to find a place to sit down in her soul. This running to and fro to cease 
this troubled sea casting up mire and dirt to become calm and his peace to overwhelm her. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, when people see it in us and they see us satisfied without pursuing what the world says you have to have to be fulfilled, without us selling our souls for for the kingdoms of this world and worshiping through that, that attitude and that activity, actually bowing to the evil one. You know, when the devil offers us the world, we ought to say, you, you, you may have it to give, but I don't need it, for I have the kingdom of God. And his kingdom is not meat and drink. It's not material and physical, but it is righteousness. It is peace. And it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. When we walk in that fulfillment and we seek the kingdom first in all of our life, we're going to find the blessing and benefit of the kingdom of God. And and we will take no thought. It said, don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Take ye no thought for what you shall eat or drink or wherewith you shall be clothed. Your Father knows you have need of all of these things. That should not be our pursuit, and we should never compromise our faith in Him and our faithfulness to Him because of the world's promise of peace and fulfillment. If I just had that home, if I just had that car, that much money in the bank, then, then I could find contentment. You know, the Bible said we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out. (laughs) But godliness with contentment is great gain. For he said, I'll never leave you and I will never forsake you. It is that promise of his presence here and that promise that we're going to live with him forever. And the peace that comes when we have peace with God through receiving Christ as our Savior, and then we begin to experience the peace of God. Because we're not like the troubled sea with that churning that the storms of life are creating so strong on the surface that it's casting up mire and dirt. We're not running to and fro looking for what we have found in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. And heaven is going to be our home and hell is not going to be that place of banishment and punishment of the wicked. For we have found the source of living water. (laughs) Praise God. We have found not some fountain of youth, but a fountain of life. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, my body is aging, but I'm going to live forever. And not only am I going to live with him forever because of what Jesus did at the cross, but right here and right now, I'm content I was standing in a line at Publix and standing in the line, they have all of these magazines and it's, uh, it, there's always some of the, the elite of Hollywood that are going through rehab or divorce or, or drug addiction, sexual addiction, something going on, churning, churning, looking, looking, looking. Uh, this one, going with that one and this one leaving that one and this one hooking up with that one and it's just running to and fro. 
when I finally got up for the young lady to, to wait upon me, she said, thank you for your patience. I said, that's okay. I was just looking at the magazines on the shelf and thanking the Lord <laughs> that I'm not part of the rich and famous whose lives are so messed up. Hallelujah. It's so good to be a Christian and to know that I have everything that pertains to life and godliness when I have Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus said that the thief came to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I came to give you life and that more abundantly. Now, it's very clear that's not the material world. He will meet your physical material needs. Don't get me wrong, but we should never pursue them and, 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 and take our eyes off the prize that we have in the kingdom of God. When the king comes to reign within our heart and within our life. For the scripture says a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that a man possesses. Oh, the gift of God is Jesus Christ and the reconciliation and the peace of of that reconciliation, peace with God, peace of mind and peace within. It's something the world doesn't even have to sell. Even if we had all the money in the world, you can't buy this precious peace. But God gives it as a gift. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. Look that up. Look peace up in the dictionary. And the, and the simplest understanding will be the cessation of wars. This storm that stops suddenly. This eye of the storm where no winds blow. It's an incredible thing. The eye of Hurricane Irma went right over our little town. It just went over and the wind stopped. It seemed so serene for a little while. But we knew behind that there was another wind. The, the other wall was coming in. God's peace is not just a little eye for a little while in the midst of the storm. It is a peace that rules and reigns within, though the storm rages without. Hallelujah. And it's something the world can't find, though they run to and fro, driven by the wind and tossed, just like the troubled sea, whose waters cast up mire and dirt, living in a mansion and not having peace, living in a house that never becomes a home. Oh, friend of mine, what God offers you and me in Christ today is so vitally important. And what grabbed this woman at the well is when he told her that she was looking and looking and looking and never finding. But he said, if you knew who it was that said, give me to drink in the gift of God, you would ask of me, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. Hallelujah. See, the idols of this world, I'm going to say it again, have created a spiritual vacuum. And the occult and new agers are running with their message to try 
to fulfill it. And people that pursue the occult and New Age doctrines are not going to find what can only be found in Jesus Christ. He is the life giver. He is the living water source. He is the true well. Praise God. You know, the Bible said in the old covenant with joy, thou shalt draw water from the wells of salvation. Praise God. For the kingdom of God is not meat and not drink, but it is righteousness, it is peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. It is that fellowship with God that we have when God comes to live within us. Christ comes to live within us. The Holy Spirit comes to live within us. And friend of mine, that vacuum that only God can fill is now full Praise God. And when it is full, then we are no longer hungering and thirsting for something in this world. It doesn't mean that if you've got an old clunker, it won't hardly run and you're able to, to get a better automobile that you shouldn't enjoy it. It doesn't mean that. It means that you know going in, this in and of itself will never satisfy the deepest longings of your soul. Amen. It just won't do it. Maybe you're going into a brand new relationship with someone and you say, I finally found what I'm, what I'm looking for. Oh, friend of mine. Amen. If you, I, I thank God you found someone that you may want to share your life with, make a real deep commitment to, but know going in that that person in and of themselves cannot fill that place in your life. If you are lonely and empty, don't run to a person initially. Come to Christ. And if you're a Christian already, look to God because of Christ to fill that emptiness, to fill that loneliness so that you will not just grab a hold of somebody out of a desperation. Oh, friend of mine, let God direct, wait upon the Lord and look unto him and pray until he shows you someone. And when he does, know that they will not be able to do what only God can do for you and in you. Make sure that you have that right relationship with him, that fellowship relationship, that koinonia with him. Hallelujah that the Holy Spirit can cause to happen as He manifests the presence of the Father and the Son through Himself abiding within you today. Oh, man, this Bible studies touching the lost and the Christian who isn't in that kind of fulfilling relationship. Maybe you just got religion, but you didn't find what you were looking for in Christ. I want you to know there's more to this than dogmas and catechisms and creeds, as important as they are. A friend of mine, this is far more than just a Christian religion. This is an opportunity for a re reconciled relationship with God. Here's the way Jesus puts it. To the church, by the way, before even the world, behold, in the church of Laodicea, Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and him with me. Praise God. This is the promise of God. If you've ever seen the painting of Jesus standing at the door, you will notice very, very quickly there is no outside knob on the door. It was painted correctly because the doorknob is on the inside. The door latch is on the inside. God will not force His way into your life. In fact, He will not come in without an invitation from you. He's given you a sovereign will. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I pray that you will open that door wide and say, Lord, I'm not going to run from you anymore. I'm going to run to you. And I want you to come in. First and foremost, to know my sins are forgiven and to know, my Lord, that I'm going to spend eternity with you but also to know that right here in this holy moment, you're going to come in and fill this hole in my heart, this place that is so empty, and you're going to satisfy the deepest longings of my soul and give me peace, not as the world gives. Oh, Father, I receive you as my Heavenly Father Christ, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And Holy Spirit, I welcome you. And today, if you're a Christian, and you're just a church-going person, not seeking this relationship, this peace, and this fulfillment, I pray that you will get hungry, that you will get thirsty. I call it divine dissatisfaction. You'll begin to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. And the, let the living water satisfy the drought in your soul that you overflow that others might come to know the One that has so saved and sanctified and satisfied you. In Jesus' name, and come back next week. Let's talk about Jesus.